Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and... Man, good morning Lyle, how are you? I am amazing today, how are oh, you? Oh yeah, I'm good, yeah, I'm good as gold. What are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for just amazing friends. Oh really? What yeah, no, we, we just had the best time over the last couple of days, of course I wasn't here yesterday or whenever that day was because this is the delayed broadcast. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a day I wasn't here because I was away and we did a road trip with some just um, amazing friends and it was just, that was the best fun. Ah, oh, it's yeah. good to hear. Good to hear indeed. <coughs> yeah, well actually, do you know what? Someone someone texted us and told us their gratitude story, which you can do as well. Text us anytime, 0491 Tell us what you're grateful for and we will share it with the world. This is coming from Jack and Teralgan in Victoria. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He says, I am thankful for the support you can get in TAFE and uni these days for those who are dyslexic like myself who is studying. So Which Jack is, is a hard name to pronounce. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, but Teralgan's a bit weird. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah, well, you, know, you said it was hard to pronounce. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's, this is Jack, right, Jack? Well, today, by the way, Lyle, I'm grateful for packages. What is that about brown paper packages tied up in string? They really are just like one of the best things ever. Why are you, why are you grateful for brown? You've got one on your desk. No, I, you don't. I, I, You've I, had one. I had one on my desk. I've already unpacked And it was, it was literally brown. a brown. Paper package with string, uh, with st- like legit, with string. legit, and uh, and I've unwrapped it. And it was full of stickers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great. The things you I'd spend your money the, on. The, I'd love to know the psychology behind why we're all so obsessed with getting packages. I've never met a single person who doesn't love seeing, receiving a package in the mail. Like it's just like such a such a good feeling. I, why? Why though? Why are we? Why are humans wired this way? If you're a doctor <laughs> and you know the answer, give us a call and tell us. But hey, do you know what? You can actually jump across to the live show. It's very easy. You can download the TuneIn app um, and it's free to download. Get the free version and then just search for Faith FM Australia. Or you can jump across to the website, which is faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream. Now, this show, we did just finish recording it and it is being played, delayed. And we did have some funny stuff going on there with this show. We couldn't get the news to work. We did our interviews and our Bible studies back to front. So this is going to be a fun show for you today. We've got some good stuff planned, though. It's all good stuff, all good content. Always, absolutely. Wonderful history lesson in our Bible study today. Yeah, I love history. Yeah, great interview with Kent Kingston. We find out what's coming up uh, in the Signs of the Times issue, the latest issue. Mm -hmm. It's good rag, that one. And all kinds of great stuff. But yeah, stay tuned. We are going to have a great show coming up. And here is some wonderful music to start us off. Some glad morning when this life is over. I'll fly away To a home on the celestial shore I'll fly away
with I'll Fly Away here on Faith FM this morning. And as we begin the breakfast show, Mon, you have a clue for our quiz. What is our first I clue? I do. Ah, I got it yesterday. Ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha. Texted <coughs> me so fast. <laughs> Today we have a Who Am I quiz. The first clue is my father's name is Salmon or Salmon. Salmon. Yeah, I was going to say it was Salmon, <laughs> not Salmon. It's Salmon. Hey, he's written the way Salmon's written. <laughs> but yeah, it is a first name. So I think in this case they do pronounce it Salmon. But whose daddy is Salmon? Give us a call if you know the answer. Do you know the answer, Lyle? No, whose child? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Whose daddy is Salmon? You know who it is? Uh, it's getting. I'm getting there. I know who. Ah, I, I know, I know, I know this. I know, as quick. soon as you said Salmon, I'm like, yeah, I know that's Salmon. And then I've gone, ah. Uh, who, who, who did if you can call us to? right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and tell us the answer before Lyle's 100% sure, I will give you two prizes. Legit two prizes if you can get it before Lyle. 1-800-FAITH-FM. You know what to do. Well, there you go. And in positively different news this morning, what have you got for us, Mon? I have actually some really, really cool stories, Lyle. Mm-hmm. I have a story. Check this out. Like, this is one way to, like, get a job and get inspired, right? This guy, he was obviously interested in, in – he was – he's in a lower socioeconomic group in England, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he wanted to find out, like, how it is that, um, <clears throat> that people who have uh, wealth – um, how they got there, like, you know, what is their financial, you know, what are their strategies, what are some advices they might have, like, what are their tips, you know, tips from the pros, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you know what he did? Mm. He didn't go to the bookshop and buy, like, the latest financial book from some, you know, self-proclaimed financial guru. He didn't go Googling it and see if he could find, you know, some people who have, like, a blog or something. He literally went to the wealthiest neighbourhood in London, knocked on the doors and ask the occupants for advice and tips on how they amass their wealth. That's one way of doing it. Just turns up, <clears throat> starts door knocking, and then just you know, starts a friendly conversation and says, hey, like, how did you get here? How did you do this? Like, what's, what's your, you know, what have you done? What's your journey? And his door-to-door mission eventually led him to the home of Quinton Price. I'm sure you've heard that name before. He's the head of Alpha Strategies at the BlackRock Equity Firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of him. I didn't, I didn't know what his companies were called, but I have heard of Quinton Price. And Price was uh, struck by the young man's motivation. He actually invited him inside. His name is uh, Nelson. 
Reggie Nelson, invited him inside and offered to mentor him at his company. Oh, wow. Yeah, and get this. Um, Nelson was so excited. He actually showed up an hour early the very next day. <laughs> and well, there's one way to get a job, Mon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. start knocking around doors. <laughs> where, where, where are the wealthy suburbs around uh, Newcastle? <laughs> yeah, where are they? Are there any? And, um, and two weeks later, um, Quentin Price offered him an internship with the company. And then of the 9,000 applicants, only 115 got in and only three of them were black and Nelson is uh, black. And, uh, and since, since he's actually landed this life-changing opportunity, uh, Reggie Nelson has now graduated from Kensington University. So he got, he got like a, a scholarship part of the, um, mm-hmm. of, the, of the internship. And now he's, uh, he's working his way up the corporate ladder at his new firm and he gives lectures on how young people can get into the financial sector. Wow, what an amazing mad? story. How That's, cool is yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, hats off to him. There's an interview uh, with him online. <coughs> when he, where he tells his story. But I, it's just such a remarkable... Uh, you know, I thought you were going to tell a story about this guy just went around and uh, asked all these people how they get wealthy and then wrote a book about it and got wealthy. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, but <laughs> similar. But yeah, I, th- I think it's incredible. You know, we often think that millennials these days all, you know, going nowhere fast. And here we have like one young creative spark who's just, you know, taking the world by the horns and is just... Yeah, I think it's a great story. Um, Absolutely. I have a story about a pig, Lyle. Oh, this is supposed to be positively different news, Mon. Well, pigs aren't pigs aren't bad unless you eat them, right? <laughs> <coughs> I guess they do have their place in society. They are garbage collectors. That's right, and without them, I think we'd be a bit of, in a bit of a pickle. Yeah, we need garbage collectors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, They're essential to our to our ecosystem. Hmm. So this Just don't is, eat your local garbage collector. It's not a good idea. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is about a teenager who um, he had a gift for his teacher. You know that cannibals say that humans taste like pigs. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, up in the South Pacific, well, white white people used to be called long white pig. Because <laughs> we were tall and thin and <laughs> tasted like pigs. <laughs> tasted like pigs. We were called long white long white pig. Oh, that's a bit that's a bit horrid. <laughs> <laughs> back, back in the day, wait, you know, are, back you, in the day are you saying ca- that we too eat anything like garbage? Oh, wait, we kind of do, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, lots of people out there digging their graves with their teeth right now. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. That's a very good way of putting it. They are digging their graves with their teeth. Anyway, so this this is a young fifteen year old boy, and uh, and he wanted to make a present for his teacher who was um who was actually retiring. He was actually very heartbroken because it was his favorite teacher. And, uh, and he even tried to bribe her into leaving, um, not into not leaving. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that sweet? I love it when kids... So what what year is this? Uh, he was 15 years old, so he would have... It's high school. Yeah, high school student. Yeah. I never had that kind of connection with my high school teachers. Oh, really? I had, no. I had a couple of high school teachers that I just thought were the bee's knees. But, um, but the, reason, the reason that she was leaving um, was uh, because she had, she had cancer and she needed to... Um, uh, raise money to uh, actually get like uh, chemotherapy. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, which is kind of sad. And so he he was like, I have fifty two dollars in my wallet. Will that get chemo? <laughs> which is kind of cute. <laughs> uh, but it didn't work. And uh, and so what he did have was a two hundred and sixty five pound pig. Okay. He had a pig, right? All right, all right. And, pig. and so he decided, you know what? I'm going to auction off the pig. To raise money for her, for her, for her therapy, and um, he. But first, he had to overcome his stage fright. Apparently, he has crippling stage stage fright. <laughs> but um, he had to he had to auction off this. Pig we could hire in an auction here. Yeah, true. 
Anyway. But that would cost money. Anyway, so they went to the county fair and uh, and several people heard about his uh, about his about his mission, right? So how big was this pig again? It was two hundred and sixty five pounds. That's a decent sized pig. That's a huge pig. That, yeah, yep, that's a decent sized pig. A, that's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a porker. That's mm, a real porker. <laughs> yep. Yep. And um, so his teacher such a pig. Yeah, his t- teacher Kim Katzenmeyer, or Miss K as he called her, um, uh, went along as well. And yeah, so several people heard about this, right? And guess what happened? Mm. So he sold the pig, and uh, and got you know quite a bit of money for it. And then the person who bought it donated it right back. Oh wow! And so he was like. I guess I have to auction it again. <laughs> so he gets up and has to auction it again. And then a second person So this buys is how you it. get over stage fright in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, a phew, second bit of, that. A second bit of buys the pig, gets quite a bit of money for it, takes it off the stage, donates it right back. <laughs> poor a pig is third, like, who owns me? A third person, a third competitor, this guy was named David Mole, um, during the third auction, bought the pig, paid quite a bit of money for it, Donated it right back. <laughs> and so they ended up auctioning off this pig four times and ended up raising over $10,000 for the teacher's charity. Oh, well, that's just an awesome story. Isn't that story. amazing? Yeah, that's fantastic. So, yeah, that's, so he, that's really- he, was, he was so ecstatic because, I mean, if you think to yourself, well, what's a pig worth and how, how like, it would be such a, a small drop in the ocean of the I wonder whether that's need. a, I have no idea what a pig is worth. Yeah, neither but do I. But I'm wondering whether that's a, some kind of record for oh, the uh, have to be. sale of a pig. Yeah, yeah. You know, has it? Ever been any other pig, like just a normal, no, I'm not talking about a stud breeding, uh-huh. you know, yeah. no, boar, yeah. but a- um, No pure bread or nothing. But just as a, 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 com- a commercial pig, uh-huh. I wonder whether there's a commercial pig that's ever sold for, what was it? For, for $10,000. Uh, $10, yeah, $10, over $10,000. For people buying it. But it's so kind because if you think of it, like I would never have thought a pig would be worth that much, um, you know, like if- if you're asking me what can I donate to help raise money, I would never would have thought the pig's worth a bit. So it's 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 so sweet that he. Well, it was a really good way of thinking outside of the box. Yeah, too. absolutely, and very kind of these are uh, these mm. people to to bid and donate and bid and donate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the poor pig probably got a complex now. <laughs> Who owns me? I have no idea. <laughs> I've been returned three times. No one wants me. <laughs> Am I not tasty enough? No, it's okay, piggy. I think he went to a farm and he's out on a paddock. Um, uh, ho- hopefully enjoying himself in the presence of other little pigs. This is Ender's Svensson, Gone Other Days. Gone other days that I look to the world for peace, look for a sense of
Vincent here with Gone Are The Days. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia. And we have another clue for our quiz. <coughs> Excuse <coughs> Let's me. See who's going to be answering it today? Yeah, this is this this quiz this quiz clue is a funny one. Who am I? I was allowed to get married after receiving a sandal. <laughs> Wasn't that um... Shh, don't say don't um, say. It's going to come to me here in a minute. Don't say. If you know the answer, <laughs> give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll it was see. Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, which Bible character? Oh. Is Cinderella in the Bible? <laughs> uh, when did she get married after finding a sandal or something? No, or no, other? no. The, the prince found her gold, glass slipper. Oh, a glass slipper. Yeah. You'd think she'd have high heels or something. A slipper? Seriously? Well, I mean, the, Come on. in depiction, it's always a glass Have you ever worn heel. a glass slipper? I've never worn a glass anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you wear glass on your feet? Because that the fairy be godmother very, very perilous to me. Yeah, it does. It does not seem comfortable at all, does it? Not a good idea. No, not, and, yeah, and it's no. like, don't jump on the tiles. Yeah, and don't like fall over or crack the heel or anything because like any rip or tear is going to end up in a shard. Which is going to go straight through your foot. The last place you want a shard is in your Fairy foot. Fairy tales are so ridiculous, Bible stories are not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So who who was allowed to get married <laughs> after receiving a sandal? Not glass, not Cinderella, not the fairy godmother. This is a real story about a real human. Give us We're a talking about real stories. I have a real story to talk about. And Ooh, of course, that is uh, evangelical pastor Andrew Brunson, who is imprisoned in Turkey at the moment and causing quite a row around the world. So, Mon, I'm just wondering what your opinion is. This is a religious issue, a political issue, or a criminal issue? Actually, do you know what? I looked it up mm-hmm. and, I th- and I saw the word Turkey. And I, for some reason, I thought it was about like gobble, 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 Turkey. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, look, oh. if he's in prison, then, then it can't just be religious anymore. Well, it could be in some countries. Well, I, I don't think it should be, I guess, is the ideal. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I actually think that... The, the, is, is Turkey blending, blurring the lines? Like, do they blur the lines? I think, I think, there's, a lot of, I think there's a lot of blurring, blurred lines here, um, both from the United States and from Turkey. Okay, okay. Um, and to be honest, I don't know that any of us are qualified to understand where those lines start and end or otherwise. Mon, you've got bubble wrap there. Can you hear it? I can hear it. Oh, sorry, I'll put it down. No, that's all right. I don't want to know what was in your brown paper bag that you got it's, in the mail. It's stickers. With, with, with string on it. Oh, it's stickers. It's stickers. I thought it was a roll of wassy tape, but it ended up being uh, stickers. I made a mistake, but it's going to be perfectly fine to use. <laughs> wassy tape. Yeah. They're tiny, tiny little post stamps. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. But what do you what do you think is going to happen to him? Yeah, well, hey, I don't know. I mean, this is this is interesting because you've got a, ch- a, a pastor who, ch- who pastors a church of about 40 members. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you actually look at the photo of his church, it's it's one of these you know um, it's, a, it's a it's a city street where all of the buildings are jammed in together, and the front of his church is a tad wider than the front of our studio right here. Okay, so it's tiny, tiny little building. Tiny. You know, he's been he's been pastoring the church for about twenty years in Turkey. Um, he and his wife, and uh, you know, a few other leaders, and um, it's in Izmir, which in the Bible is called Smyrna, of course. Uh, one of the seven churches of Revelation. And, uh, of course, there's a number of things that have sort of come together to create some really bad circumstances. One of them is, and I sort of sympathize with him to, to a certain extent, because from a Christian perspective, you know, the war in Syria breaks out now. Syria has a southeast border with Turkey. Mm-hmm. And so you've got refugees that are coming across the border into Syria, and so they should. A refugee is somebody who crosses a border into the closest, safest country. A refugee is not somebody who crosses four borders. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a uh, economic immigrant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course, um, you know, from 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 uh, Turkey, then get distributed out, and so the world can take you know care of the refugees that's coming across. I mean, so he sees a a humanitarian crisis. Yeah, the natural thing for a Christian pastor to do is to go down there and lend assistance. Yeah, as Christians, that's what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's another aspect to this whole story, whereas this part of Turkey is a place where you have the Kurds living. Mm-hmm. Now, the Kurds are uh, anciently, they were uh, the group that we called the Medes. So mm-hmm. you have the Medes mm-hmm. and the <coughs> Persians, so you Medes, basically. And, of course, they inhabit you know parts of Syria, parts of Iraq, parts of Iran, parts of uh, Turkey, and they've always wanted their own country called Kurdistan. They've always wanted, you know. And so at times they have been a fractious kind of people who have resorted to violence. Um, They're generally disliked, I guess. You know, Iraq, you know, um, Saddam Hussein didn't like the Kurds. It seems that the Turks don't like the Kurds. And it seems that the Kurds sometimes give them reason to give themselves reasons to be disliked. But, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. be there as it may, I don't live there, I don't know. When you are in these kinds of countries, it's very easy to sit down with people and hear the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've done that, you know, travelling through Israel, you know, sat down with some Palestinians to, to hear the other side of the story. And it does give you a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. But from a Christian perspective, it means that, you know, we are not to take you know, political sides but to offer humanitarian help. So here you've got this pastor who's regularly, regularly going down to this particular part of Turkey. Then you've got this crazy, crazy, 
crazy nationalism, nationalism gone mad that has infected the whole of Turkey. Now, nationalism is a good thing. We should always be proud of our country. I'm proud to be an Australian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But nationalism gone mad is where you are proud to be Australian and everybody else is just an idiot. Yeah, they're all dirt. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and dirt. And that's, and, that's, and that's terrible. You know, I've got um, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's a, uh, a very famous historian um, and you know, used to go to Turkey every year as, you know, and, and great relationships with many of the, um, you know, the other historians that uh, you know, Turkish historians and all this kind of thing. And since this nationalism has hit, uh, he he refused to go back there. He's oh, just like, really? no, it's too dangerous. He says, he says, you know, in the past, you know, we're just hanging out with with all these Turkish people and we're best of mates and we have great conversations. And now he says, you turn up there and they just won't, they won't even talk to you. Oh mercy, because you're and, not and, Turkish. And, and some of the some of the some of the preeminent historians in Turkey that you know he's had you know. Dealings with over the last 20, 30 years, and now saying, "Oh yeah, you know, the, the Armenian genocide never happened." Whereas in, in the past, it's like, "Well, of course it happened. Everybody knows it happened." Mm. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so, which is not history. This is not history. This is politics. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this nationalism happening. You got this pastor who's traveling to this part of Turkey, which is ruled by Kurds. Mm-hmm. You got a pastor who's Tur- who's helping Syrians who speak Arabic and not Turkish. Mm-hmm. And you've got members of his congregation who become involved in nationalism. And so, when Syrian and Kurdish people come to his church, and everybody of every nationality should be welcome in every church. Absolutely. Uh, so he's just doing the Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, you've got this Turkish contingent that gets all upset and bent out of shape. And uh, turns him into the authorities for um, insurrection, which is crazy because he's been there for twenty years. You would think so. Now, of course, I haven't read the police reports, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that the police have done some thorough work. And there is possibly, you know, because he's accused of calling that part of Turkey Kurdistan. Oh, so what? Yeah, that's, that's what I reckon. Um, but he's also accused of, uh, you know, becoming a hotbed of. Um, separatist separatism and you know the problem is that there is always a danger where you can sympathize mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we should sympathize with people who are oppressed but that can be seen politically and this is where this is where we need to be very careful as Christians to keep our religion and politics separate separation yeah. of church now I don't know I, I, I'm not there I, but you know I do know that for Americans it's very easy for Americans to blur the lines between separation yeah, of church and Yeah, and I state. feel like there's something else going on. Like, why is the Trump administration putting oh, yeah. sanctions on Turkey now when this guy's been in prison for the last two years? Like, why now? Like, what's what's the deal? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's 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 um okay. So from Trump's perspective, I'm so suspicious of da- Trump now. Anything from Trump's Trump does, I'm like, this what's is a going great on? opportunity to collect yeah. evangelical votes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, yeah, exactly. From Erdogan's perspective, this is a great opportunity to get yeah. Turkish votes. Because no one ever heard of this pastor before. Yeah, that's and right. And like suddenly, boom, he's like crazy famous. Like, I'm sure there's many pastors like him around the world that are imprisoned right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to these Voice of the Martyrs, Martyrs guys. Exactly. And, and, and there are so many causes that could be taken up mm-hmm. at international level. And of mm-hmm. course, overnight, we've seen the uh, the price of the Turkish lira drop, which has affected the uh, value of the Australian dollar and is having ripples going around the world. So oh, is that religion and politics us? in bed, never a good idea, should never happen. Hey, give us a call if you have an opinion. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843.
You're listening to Derry Doherty, All to Jesus, here on Faith FM as we move on with our next section of um, our. Well, actually, we've got things a little bit all over the place this morning, don't we, Mon? Yeah, we got we got them back to front seas modelled up. So no news and um, <laughs> yeah, no news for anyone. <laughs> and, uh, and and interview later in the show. Yes, indeed, we're actually going to back to front our uh, longer bits. So we're going to start our encounter with God now. We're going to have. I'm just looking at the screen. Second. It says encounter with God. I'm like, no, it's well, not encounter no, with God. I'm no. supposed to be interviewing somebody right now. <laughs> why, why aren't I interviewing someone? Our, our interviewee is on the road right now, and they are on a motorbike, and they're riding through a sketchy area. Um, so they won't be able to get on the phone until after 8 o'clock. So instead of doing our Bible study after 8 o'clock, we're doing our interview after 8 and we're going to start our encounter with God now, which is very exciting because um, we were talking with, Loss and I were talking about it yesterday and uh, and it was a great study. We were talking about Paul's very first missionary journey. Yeah, Turkey. Two, we're talking about Turkey. To the two different Antiochs. Are they we, in Turkey, right. are they? No, one's in Antioch. One's in Syria? No, one's, one's in Antioch and the other's one. Like, <laughs> where's the other one? <laughs> yeah, one in Antioch, one in Syria. And so you can travel to Antioch in Pisidia in uh, Turkey today. Are they still called Antioch? Uh, no, Antioch in Pisidia is a uh, a ruin. Oh, it's a ruin. Okay. So you can go there and check it yeah. out, but there's not like, you know. Anything. It's interesting when you study the history of Antioch in Syria, though, because Antioch in Syria did become one of the greatest missionary um, centers mm-hmm. of Christianity in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 interesting to see the influence of that particular center of Christianity because there was a very very different form of Christianity that came out of Antioch and Syria than what you had that was called Western Christianity. Okay. So Western Christianity, you know, really headquarters out of Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it moves to. And even when you look at what we call Eastern Christianity today does not reflect the kind of Christianity that came out of Antioch. It reflects more Western Christianity. That's strange. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, basically what you had was that Antioch in Syria became an area where, uh, of course, Christians were first called Christians, but this became, as a missionary center, they were involved in sending missionaries out all over the world and they sent missionaries as far as China and Japan, um, right through India, of course, and places like that and established Christianity in, in those kind of areas. Uh, and every country in between, you know, Iran and Iraq, you know, major Christian centers in all of these countries. What the, the difference that you had was that in the east, in the areas where Antioch was setting up Christianity, because they were more focused on the spread of the gospel rather than political intrigue, they and they maintained separation of church and state. Mm. Christianity never became the state religion. Okay. Whereas, um, of course, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Jainism, um, Taoism, these kinds of things. Did you say Jainism? Uh-huh. They worship someone called Jain? Um, no. <coughs> what, is, what is Jainism? Um, I'll get back to you on Jainism. It's, okay, it's sure. one of those um, Eastern religions, a little bit of a cross between Buddhism, Taoism, that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, these religions became dominant religions because they were state religions, mm-hmm. whereas Christianity never became a state religion in these countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they avoided, you know, they, they maintained the separation of church and state. Good on them. And so this is why you have a very different form of Christianity. Then, of course, um, with the rise of the Jesuits in the 16th century, uh, there was a concerted effort to destroy this version of Christianity. And so you had things like the, um, you know, the Indian Inquisition in Goa, 
that were set up, which um, you know put to death just you know thousands and thousands of Christians and Hindus uh, because they refused to convert to uh, Western Christianity, which of course at that time was what was called Roman Catholicism. It's just disgusting. And there was also a major, major effort to rewrite history. It's interesting that the history of Christianity in China and Japan was mostly destroyed except for in areas where the history was written down in a language that the Jesuits, as they were coming in, did not, were not able to read. So this is like you know maybe like Asian scripts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so that you know there was there were certain things you know scripts that were carved into stone, and you can go there and you can read them today. And of course, these are very minor uh, languages and inscriptions, but they still carry the record of an ancient primitive form of Christianity that predated all of this. And then, of course, you've got you know. Um, lots of tablets that have just been, you know, they have they had the whole face of them just chiseled off or replaced wow. with a revised version of history. But few people realize that history penetrated, you know, these countries in the very first centuries of Christianity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if not the first century of wow. Christianity, right wow. the way through. That's incredible. And thriving communities of Christianity. Yeah, so this was all coming out of Antioch. And of course, it was in Antioch. Antioch was a translation center. Mm hmm. Uh, Antioch was where they preserved what was called the uh, the Eastern manuscripts of the Bible, the the, the uh, Greek manuscripts of the Bible, um, from which we have you know your King James family of Bibles today. And they also translated the Bible into you know languages like Celtic, um, Syriac, um, Ethiopic, you know Ethiopic Bibles. You know these kinds of languages were all being translated there in Antioch, whereas in Western Christianity, the Bible was translated into Latin, and then it was left there, and it became illegal to learn the Greek language because they didn't want you to be able to read the New Testament, you know, in its native language. And of course, Latin was a dead language uh, because it had very limited use in the Roman Empire. You know, pretty much to the mm-hmm. the city of Rome, mm-hmm. and so. It, that was a way of restricting the Bible, removing it from the population, and making it, you know, if you were caught with a Bible in your home during this time um, by Western Christianity, you, you you would suffer death. Wow. Yeah. The Waldensians, of course, had an Italic Bible, mm-hmm. uh, much more ancient and much more, um, a much better translation than the, than the Latin Vulgate, mm-hmm. which they used to spread all over the world. Uh, and of course, they would they would write their Bibles out by hand, and they would sew them into the lining of their clothes. Then they would go out as missionaries. Wow. They were they were located in northern Italy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating story. They faced you know their population to say twenty thousand. They're about yeah, they very, had small very important group. work in history. But the impact that they had on Christianity was mm-hmm. just massive, and they faced more than 830 years of continual warfare, survived and stayed in their valleys. Wow. Yeah. It's just like 800. Like, 830 years of, of um, crusades. Wow. Um, and it's, and it's, they it's, preserved it's, the Bible. You read the history of the Waldenses, it will just melt your brain. Yeah. Honestly, it will. Napoleon mm-hmm. 
went specifically to the Waldensian Valleys. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Why? He was not interested in Christianity, no. Mm-hmm. Napoleon was a military strategist and he wanted to know how can you get a people group so small mm-hmm. that survives so long against so many crusades. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and, of course, he turned up there and was like, yeah, you guys are living in a natural fortress. No wonder no one can get in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the greatest natural fortress that the world has ever seen. I, th- I think the, the cool part of the story about all these is the, the way the Bible came through all of it. Yes. Yeah, isn't that just yes. God preserving the word of God for, for and us? And of course the Waldenses were required to memorize the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, they would and they were re- required to do 2 years of missionary service before they could marry or own land. Mm-hmm. Wow. And those um, and those missionaries who went out into Europe, they were undercover, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a 50% survival rate. Wow. Half of them were martyred for their faith I, and never came home. I I guess that's why they weren't allowed to marry, not so much because it was like some sort of cruel thing, but the fact that you might not survive when you came back. Yeah, so yeah. how would you how would you feel about that, Mon? You turn 18, it's like, okay, Mon, <laughs> off you go. See you in two years' time. Oh, we I, hope. I wouldn't be that mad about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy travel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd love a good adventure, so that doesn't really was faze the, was me. The old, was the old version of van life. You would take your goods and you would, <laughs> you would you sell go. and you would trade and off you would go. And yeah. every now and then you'd find someone who was open to the – to the gospel, mm-hmm. and you would unstitch your clothes and pull out a piece of the Bible and share it with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, if you got turned into the authorities, you would be burned at the stake. Wow! Yeah, it was a different world yeah. back then. But all of this mm-hmm. was em- emanating out of Antioch and Syria. So and- Antioch, when they went there, and because we read about how um, the church in Antioch actually grew to be like almost more significant than the one in Jerusalem. Oh so yes, it's really no wonder that so much. It did. It came out it of did. Antioch. Yeah. Well, you, what you've got happening in Jerusalem, of course, is um, tremendous opposition from the from the Jews, and then, of course, you've got a necessity because of the political intrigue of the Jews and their rebellion against Rome, and then, of course, the city of Jerusalem being destroyed. You've got this whole situation where everybody hates the Jews, and so they wanted to separate themselves from you know because it was just Christianity was seen as being a Jewish religion. This is just a, a form of Judaism. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 this is not a Jewish religion. This is the Christian religion. And so, um, yeah, they needed to have a base outside of Jerusalem, and, and Antioch became that base. That's super cool. Yeah, this yeah. was where they preserved what was called, um, what was later called um, you know, the received text. And they had more Gentiles there as well. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, did you know that in later centuries, the headquarters of that church actually ended up in Baghdad for a while? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And the equivalent of the general conference president or the you know patriarch or uh-huh, pope, or whatever uh-huh. you want to um, call him, was uh, a Chinese man. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah good in Baghdad. <laughs> Way back, back in the day, back in the day, it was like in about the year 800 and something. I can't remember now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the, 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 the history of the church in the East, or what we might call the history of the church in the wilderness, because that's the term the Bible uses for it, is just fascinating history. If, if, if you enjoy history, uh, I, I've been rattling on by history. No, I would, I'm loving Bible it. Go on, go on. <laughs> if you enjoy history, get a, tr- get a, get a, get a book, um, Truth Triumphant by B.G. Wilkinson, and it's got all the history of that part of the world, and it will just blow your mind. I was 20 the first time that uh, I was I was given this book. Uh, no, I think I bought it actually, and it was a really dodgy one that fell apart on me. <laughs> and um, I had to read a couple of chapters for a course I was doing. 
And I just read those couple of chapters and just never stopped. Oh, I'm really? Like, this is so <laughs> amazing. What's the book called? Truth Triumphant, B.G. Wilkinson. Mm. Everyone should read that book. That's a good book, yeah. History of the Church in the Wilderness. Because we we, we mostly hear about the, the history of Christianity in the West. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and Western Christianity has, has so much dominated that. And, and then, of course, there's a lot of, um, a lot of that history that has been rewritten. Um, and so, yeah. Fascinating stuff. How you know Christianity spread itself spread itself right through the spice route, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's maybe, really, maybe I need to go over there and research. Yeah, I, do you know I'll be do your re- do, do, a re- do a research trip through the spice route. And, I'll, I'll uh, be your secretary. I'll take notes. Research. Yeah, yeah. It would be a cool place, part of the world to visit. Oh, absolutely. Now, mind you've been putting all these stamps on your desk, but the thing that worries me about them is I don't think I can post. Mail with them. What, no. what on earth did you buy? No, no, no. They're just, uh, they're just, they're little stickers. Um, so with that washi tape that I bought, um, these are little, little, little stickers you can use to decorate like a scrapbook. And uh, and they look a little bit like antique or vintage postage stamps, but they're not. They're miniature travel posters. That's what they are. Like you know, you know those retro travel posters you can get. They're like miniature versions. They're like in sticker form. So that's what oh, I've that's got. Pretty cool. All over the desk. Okay, so we need to now move to Antioch in Pisidia where we have uh, events taking place. And, of course, this is in Turkey, a rather troubled place. This is somewhere I'd really like to go and visit because, yeah, I don't know, Turkey's a bit of a funny place because they would love to have tourists, but they're not making it easy for tourists at the moment. Yeah, I'd love to be a tourist. They're they're excavating all kinds of ancient sites and anything with a biblical connection because that's where they get so much of their tourism from. But at the same time, everybody's like a little bit um, wary of it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the national, you know, extreme nationalism. But anyway, we talked about that earlier. Okay, so Acts chapter thirteen is where we are up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe this is where we're up to. Did uh, we we touched where on did we, where did you get up to yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday, Lawson and I we talked about how Paul gets up. He's invited to um, to preach uh, at the at the church Antio- um, in Antioch in Poseidon. Pisidia. Pisidia. Poseidon. <laughs> Poseidon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, the God of the word. ocean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they invited him to speak. They I said, you know, brothers, do you have any words of encouragement? He gets up. And he cracks out another one of these God rib, God's ribs thing. So he, you know, he goes through everything that God's done for them, and uh, and goes through like all the way down and uh, and and talks about you know where Jesus came from essentially, all the genealogy. There's Saul and King David and blah blah, and then goes all the way down to verse thirty three, mm-hmm. uh, where he says, you know. Um, God has now fulfilled all his prophecies by raising Jesus and uh, and you are my son today. I have become your father. And, uh, and yeah, and so we get to there. Okay, cool. And this incredible sermon that Paul just... Yeah. All right, so we're, we're still in Antioch and Pisidia then. We're still there. We're still there. All right, so let's pick it up in uh, verse 42 to 49. Thanks, Mon. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Isn't that fascinating how this, it, the, the sermon that Paul preaches here is actually quite similar to the, the sermon that Stephen preached, and yet the reaction from the crowd is so different. Stephen got stoned to death. Yeah, yeah, they nasty. And here... 
they begged them to come back mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're all converted. Isn't that just remarkable? It is truly remarkable. It's just, just you know, the state of the heart. Yeah. You know, what's that saying about wax and clay? And they both, you know, if you put them underneath the sun. Yeah, that's right. One gets hard, one gets soft. Yeah. One same, same, same message. Yeah, same message, but different, different receptions. Effects. Yeah. All right, where are we, where are we up to? Uh, verse 44, 1344. Mm-hmm. The, week, the following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the okay, Lord. Now, this is, this, there's something here that... Um, Can you imagine the entire city of Sydney turning th- That out? your translation has just missed. Oh, 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 oh my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'll get, get a refund on this my, Bible. My, my, my translation <laughs> comes from an Eastern manuscript originating out of Antioch in Syria, you Go see. on then. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> okay, this is a really cool thing here, all right? Mm-hmm. So well, let, me, let me read it to you <clears throat> from verse 42. It says, when the Jews had gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles asked that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Ooh. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then verse 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. So yours just says, yeah, they did it this week and then they did it next week. week. No, 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 no. You're missing something really important here. All right, so they turn up in um, Antioch and Pisidia. Mm-hmm. They preach in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Why do they preach in the synagogue on the Sabbath day? As was their custom. As was their custom. That's what they did, and that's where you're going to find Jewish people to preach to on the Sabbath day, and they always started with the Jews first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have when they finish preaching there, the Gentiles come to them and said, hey, this sounds really interesting. Can you preach to us about this next Sabbath? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that's even more significant because now you've got a situation where um, the Gentiles, they are not Sabbath keepers, are they? No. What day do they keep? Sunday. Sunday. They're mm-hmm. pagan worshippers. Mm-hmm. They keep the day of the sun. Yep. You know? Dius Solus, it was called in the, Roman, in the Roman Empire. And so their day off is Sunday. The Sabbath day for them is a work day. Yeah. So this is highly inconvenient for them, isn't it? You would think it's like, hey, Paul, why don't you come and preach to us uh, next Sunday when we have our day off? Yeah. No, they didn't. No, it doesn't happen that way. Um, it's like, uh, no, no, no. It, 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 they're like, we want you to come back and preach to us. And the reason that they do this is because they recognize that the Sabbath day is the day of worship for the Christians. So it's not only remarkable. And Paul doesn't. Paul doesn't Sorry, yeah. hold that thought. Paul doesn't correct them, does he? So, oh, no, 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 no. it's all right. He doesn't say, it's, it's all right, we'll come and preach to you on Sunday because that's the day we as Christians now keep and because that's your sacred day, yeah. then you know we, that'll be convenient we'll for everyone. We, we, yeah, we can be convenient for everybody. No, no. Paul's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll preach to you next Sabbath because that's our day of worship. So it's, dub- it's doubly remarkable because not only does the entire city turn out, but they all turn out on a work day. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah they all turn yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine like the whole of Sydney Taking a day off and turning out to hear some guys preach. Imagine what imagine what that's going to do to the economy. Yeah, or just the traffic jams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a rather large event. Um, Antioch and Pisidia wasn't quite as big as Sydney, mm-hmm. but, but um, still, it was a decent sized city. Yeah, in, imagine in every, times. So it everybody you know, everybody you know, and then some takes a day off and goes out to hear a guy preach. Yeah, a whole city. Yeah, it's incredible. It just boggles your mind. Yeah, I wonder what happened to the economy that for that day in Antioch. 
Yeah. Yeah, because you also think about like all like the bakers and the fishmongers who had like all their stuff ready the night before. I bet there were some enterprising ones who uh, got set, a bit mad about set up markets. <laughs> yeah, true, actually. It's like, ooh, a big crowd. <laughs> Let's sell <laughs> <Event> something. <food. laughs> yep. Start selling hot food. Uh-huh. You know, nothing. You go to these, you go to these, um, you go to these ancient cities and ruins and whatnot, and you can see the ruins of where they used to do exactly that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They would set up their fast food and uh-huh, they would be selling uh-huh. fast food on the, on the on the side of the road and on the markets and everywhere. People haven't changed, have they? No, not at all. I went to uh, a, a flea market on, uh, on on Sunday up at Ipswich while we were because I was a bit there a bit early waiting, and of course there's you know lots of people selling food and bought some delicious cherries. Oh yum! Oh, thanks for bringing some back for me, Lyle. Yeah, no, nope. <laughs> and an awesome pineapple as well. Oh. Yeah, you've got to buy a pineapple while you're in Queensland, fresh off the pineapple. Oh, bush. yum, yum. Anyway, so that's what's happening right there mm-hmm. in uh, Antioch and Pisidia. You've got the whole church turning up, and they are turning up on the Sabbath day to worship God. They're not turning up on Sunday because that is not the day that Paul has told them to come and hear the word of God in honor of the resurrection. No, this is the Sabbath day. <laughs> Thank you. 
Back guys, that was the Forbes family family with God leads us along here on Faith FM and we are in the book of Acts. But before we continue with the book of Acts, we need to give another clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed. Okay, who am I? I am the great grandfather of King David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check out some genealogy. Okay, guess what we don't have coming up at eight o'clock? The news? Yeah, the news, because the news still <laughs> refuses to talk to us. News is, I don't know where Tracy Weir went. She might have taken a holiday or something. Uh, I think, I think, I think um, yeah, I think Tracy is just like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this today. Yeah, not, not, not Tuesday, not Tuesday. We will have Tracy back again tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes. We do miss Tracy. Thank you so much, Tracy, for the good job that you, you do. Yeah. It's all right, you can take the day off. We don't, we're, not, we're not mad. <laughs> That's we, okay. We're going to read about, we're going to study our Bibles instead. Yes. Always a good alternative. Absolutely. All right, Mine, I've got some more verses for you to read right here. Go on. Uh, starting in verse 45. So in verse 44, the whole city comes together and let's see what happens. But when some of them heard, oh, hang on, I just messed that up. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium, and the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Interesting circumstance. Yeah, the whole city turns up to hear them preach, Mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of the city... Turns against them. Isn't that ridiculous? Jealousy just is such a waste of time. It's such... Jealousy and nationalism gone mad. Yeah, yeah. This is a prime example of what we were talking about in our news segment earlier um, that you've got happening in Turkey right now where you've got nationalism goes mad. And I've seen exactly the same thing happen in the United States. You know, during the during the Gulf War, I was over there. The, the second Gulf War, I was in the United States. And, you know, you could point out some rather foolish things that, you know... Mm. Um, George Bush had done or whatever it might be, George Bush Jr., <laughs> George I mean, W. Bush as he was called, and, and and nobody wanted to hear it. 
I think it's crazy that they say, you know, the Jew slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. It's like they didn't even, like, it wasn't even, like, about anyone being right. It's like, let's just argue with whatever he says. Whatever yeah, he for says. The, for the sake of arguing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for yeah. the sake of destroying his ministry. Yeah, it's like in politics, so sometimes gross. you think that the opposition is there just to oppose. Yeah. Not no. to come up with alternatives, it's uh-huh. just to oppose. It's yeah. just all they do is oppose, oppose, oppose. How different our world would be if we didn't have <coughs> jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and, and, of course, when you think about the Jewish situation at this time and their exclusivity, mm. uh, which was driven by nationalism, and their sense of superiority, mm-hmm. which is driven by nationalism gone mad, you know, Paul and, 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 and Barnabas have turned up here. They've got this amazing message to share. And the thing that makes them the most upset it's like, well, if you don't want to hear it, we'll share it with the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah. And if this was a bad thing, like if the gospel was a bad thing, you would expect them to be like, yeah, great, take it to the Gentiles. Yeah, get rid of it. Deceive them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that will even just make us more superior mm, So true. than what we already are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, go deceive Gentiles all day long. This, you know what this reminds you of? This reminds you of uh, the dog that I had when I was a kid. If you gave it bread, it'd be like, no, nah, I'm not eating that. As soon as you try and give it to some ducks, it'd be like, no, 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 no. I'll have the bread now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah. Crazy little dog. Well, I had, I had the same, you know, I, with my dog got sick one time and he wouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a couple of days, I'm thinking, no, nah, this is probably not such a great idea that he's not eating. We need to help, you know, start building his strength back up. And so I'd give him a dog biscuit and he'd just look at it and look sad. Mm-hmm. And so then I'd go to take it away. Oh, oh, and he'd snap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he'd chew on it and he'd eat half of it and look sad because he really didn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go to take it away again. And so the way I got him to eat was by constantly taking away, you know, just, yeah. just you know, put my, foot up, put my foot up against his food food bowl and whenever he stopped eating, I'd just nudge it away from him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he'd be in there eating. <laughs> dogs are so funny. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was... But that's really exactly what's happening yeah, here. We, is, we, look at, we look at dogs and like, you silly moron. Yeah, and this is what, exactly what these people are doing. Yeah. No, no, we don't want the gospel. Oh, hang on, you're giving it to someone else? No, 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 you can't do that either. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just it's mind-boggling. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we refer to the dog in the manger, isn't it? <laughs> but the other thing that's really interesting to me about this verse is in verse 50 where it says, the Jews stood up the re- influential religious women. What's going on here? Yeah, I that's really don't know. That's unusual in the know. Bible. That is very unusual in the Bible and it's unusual in that culture. Yeah, yeah. In Antioch so, uh, with the pagans. Yeah, what what is it that is actually happening here? But is it is it like the temple prostitutes or something? I don't know, but you wouldn't have thought they were that hugely influential. Well, in my translation, it says the Jews stirred up the devout and honourable women yeah. and the chief men of the city. Yeah, it's very interesting. And raised persecution against <laughs> Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. Maybe women were religious leaders in Antioch back then or something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's something we need to um, dig further into. And if you have some light that you would like to share on it, then you know what our number is, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491 uh, We would love to have some answers on who these influential women were. But it's cool to hear about some emancipated women back then. Oh, yeah. and, and this, in is, not the only, this is not the only place that you find yeah. them. You find another... Um, whole section of them in the city of Philippi, mm. which of course is over in Greece. Um, so it's quite a distance away from this Turkish city, but you know this was a um, this was a Greek city in Turkey anyway. But 
it uh, you find emancipated women over there as well. And then, of course, you go further down and they're doing this, uh, they're shaking dust from their feet. Okay, now this was something that Jesus told them to do. They were obeying the, the words of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So this wasn't like, you know, don't forget to use a doormat kind of a thing? Um, it was a little bit different from that. Uh, let me just look it up for you here real quick. It says, so they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. They shook the, Did they actually like take their shoes off and shake the dust out or like how does that work? You know what? I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible says in Mark chapter 6 and verse 11, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Truly I say, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. Huh. So this was a symbolic act that they were told to do to, yeah, to, to, to recognize that or to, to, to communicate to the city the gospel has come to you. God has given you the opportunity to receive the gospel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the best opportunity ever to receive the gospel, and you have rejected it, and so now we're moving on. I think it's sad that the Jews ran them out of town when the Gentiles clearly wanted them there. Oh, yeah. And, of course, there was a very strong Christian church that was established right here. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it created more contention between the two because, you know, the Gentiles were like, oh, we wanted those here and you've gotten rid of them now. Well, you had the influential men that threw Mm -hmm. them out as well and they would have probably been um, Gentiles. But there was a significant Jewish community here. Clearly a significant Jewish community. And it seems that this is where Paul and Barnabas started their ministry was by going to cities that had significant Jewish communities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so um, Jesus, you've got this, you know, the same passage in, uh, in a couple of different places in the gospel where he says, I had a friend who was a, um, <coughs> doing literature evangelism and got treated quite badly at the door one time. And she's walking down the driveway shaking her feet. I'm shaking the dust off my feet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, stay tuned. Tomorrow we're going to be heading back to the Book of Acts and we're going to be looking at the city of Iconium. But for now, this is Malvinus with the song In My Heart.
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.